Hello and welcome back to Brody Quest. I'm Josette. And I'm Shannon. And here on the world's best and only Adam Brody fancast, what we normally like to do is take a chronological deep dive through the works of insanely talented actor Adam Brody. But um, as you probably guessed from the title of this episode, something fucking buck wild happened. Yes. <laughs> so about a week ago, uh, I was awoken by a phone call from Shannon. <laughs> At 8 a.m. And he informed me that Adam Brody had followed us on Twitter and DM'd us uh, saying that he would be down to do an interview, um, which was about the craziest thing that has ever happened. And is still the craziest thing that's yeah. ever happened. It's fucking nuts. And so we did the interview because it'd be weird if we didn't. Yeah. We'd be stupid not to. Yeah. And this is that interview. We're just going to go right into it, right? Like, do we need to set it up? We recorded it before this i don't think so i think um just we had a great time he is the genuinely nicest person in the entire world i just realized at the end we didn't even ask him to like promo anything like he didn't even try and promo any everyone go watch kid detective you can rent it everywhere go watch kid detective go watch promising young woman go just support adam brody follow him on twitter it'd be weird if you were listening to this podcast and you weren't doing those things already but just in case Tell everyone who you think will enjoy his work to get into his work. Yeah. Worst. Anyways, um, and with that, here's our interview with Adam Brody. So thank you so much for doing this. This is insane. Sure. Um, oh, I, well, I don't know how insane it is, but thanks for, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, thanks for doing what you guys have been doing. You know, I'm, I'm very flattered and I, um, you know, I don't know. I'm flattered. I have thoughts about it, I guess. Well, uh, yeah, the, the first question I kind of had is how did you find it? Did someone tell you? Did you just stumble across it? No, I was stumbled through Twitter, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact, you know, but um, um, on Twitter somehow. And uh, yeah, and, and I guess, you know, I don't know. You guys are very charming and I, I was happy to see that you guys seem to have, you know, enough ironic detachment from it and some of the, <laughs> some of the work. And, a, and a, um, you know, I think like pretty spot on assessment of a lot of it, while also seeming to have some affection for, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, the performer. And um, um, but, you know, not so much that it, uh, you know, seemed, I don't know, weird or I can't relate or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that's comforting to hear. That's comforting <laughs> to hear because we always we don't want to go overboard. And a lot of times when people tell when we tell people that we do this podcast just about this actor, they're like, you're insane. But we're like, no, we just like his work. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like I said, there seems, uh, you know, I mean, you, you guys, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there seems to be a little bit of a some irony there, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, which is warranted, which is warranted very much so. Um, Cause you know, I don't really feel worthy of it, but in, in a world where, well, Hey, no one else is doing it. And it's kind of a fun niche space. 
Okay. I don't know if you, you've heard this, but the, the joke tagline that we have is the best and only Adam Brody yeah, fan yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it started, <laughs> the show itself kind of started as a joke just because one time, I know you said something about how we keep just having co- long conversations about Adam Brody movies, and we were like, yeah, we should just record them, put them somewhere. So we just started doing that. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you, let me ask a question that's like, I mean, it's called Brody Quest, so it's a narcissistic question, but what are you going to do? Because I'm so much older than you guys, what, what is it, I guess, like, was there a specific project or how did you even come to kind of know my work? Can I go first? Yeah, go, go. I, I saw you in Ready or Not and Joe okay. had already been telling me about you before that. Uh, Cause she was already a fan and I, I saw you in ready or not. And I was like, there is this dude in this movie who was so funny. He like stole the entire thing. And she was like, what movie is it? I was like, ready or not. And she's like, are you talking about Adam Brody? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, you have to go watch all this other stuff that he's in. And I did. And I was like, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Oh, Cause cool. I actually, I first saw, I, my mom, I grew up on Gilmore girls because it was uh-huh. like my mom's favorite show. So yeah. I, I, I grew up with a little bit of Dave Rogalski, um, but that then, was actually going to be my guess a little bit, just because. Yeah, not to, then, not to stereotype, but just because it's multi generational mm-hmm. and it seems to live on very much. Yeah, no, I mean, even just in recent months, Gilmore Girls has like online had this huge mm-hmm, resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my sister and I, when she came home from college we started watching the OC together and that was kind of our little routine. We would watch that together. So like that became a special thing to us. So then I started bothering him being like, Oh, you've got to watch the OC. Cause I was like, you'll love Seth Cohen. Seth Cohen is like you, you will love him. And so I, I kept, it took me a while to get him to watch it, but eventually, eventually he gave in. Oh, cool. And the rest, um, as they say, is history. <laughs> great. Well, okay. Well, ready or not, that's very recent. So that's yeah. neat. I like that. It's like, you know, I don't know. I, I like to be, uh, I don't know. That's just nice. I also, I guess it makes me a little like flattered and also maybe bashful is the wrong word, but like, <laughs> I feel responsible for you to enjoy yourself watching it. You know what I mean? I feel like. Oh God, uh, I hope, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I truly hope it's been a, a worthwhile experiment and um, I feel responsible uh, uh, in, in some way and, and, and also responsible and not worthy, like very much of, in the sense of, um, you know, it sounds equal parts, you know, punishing and entertaining so i don't know no it's not it is not punishing at all like believe I mean, me we, we would <laughs> we've watched some bad things and you were definitely like the best part in every single one of them like you made watching some kind of questionable uh I, larger things worth it for your small. I, I appreciate that you know so much of the stuff i've done especially 20 years ago 15 years ago i can't even I couldn't even, I mean, even, even, even I haven't rewatched the OC, but if I see a clip of it, even that it's very hard for me to stomach myself. And I, am so, um, unimpressed (laughs) and, uh, 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 so rarely a fan of what I'm doing that, um, and you know, I mean, I like to think of that. That's probably a, hopefully that's just a sign of growth. Um, but, but 
yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I do have some, you know, I do have confidence and belief in myself and all those <laughs> things. And at the same time, you know, I'm appalled by almost everything I've done, at least from the first half of my career. Is there something in particular that you like think back to doing where you're like, oh man, that could have gone a lot better? Most things like pre, you know, 10 years ago. And even that it's almost anything really. Like when you get down to it, you know, I don't really, I haven't done this in a long time, but you know, you make a reel as an actor and it used to be more hands-on and then I wouldn't think about it. And every like four years, I'll discuss with my agent. I'll be like, you know, we have some stuff. If you want to take a look at your reel and Anyways, my, my point is you think of yourself as a good actor. You think like I've, I've done, you know, some questionable stuff. I mean, lib- me, not the movies themselves, but like my actual acting choices, but also some stuff that is downright good. And then when you try to really quantify it and go like, let's just cut this into six minutes and look at like your best, uh, your greatest hits. It's pretty depressing when you, you know, start <laughs> to go, well, what's the best? And if you go, well, this is the best, mm, you know, and you feel like you haven't even done it yet. So I don't know. I mean, almost everything I have notes on, you know, and, and, uh, but what could I have done better? I I will say, um, a couple things, uh, often when it's a big stage is particularly where like Mr. And Mrs. Smith is one for me where it's such a big stage. It's such a classic movie. And while I don't think I'm like awful in it, I just, I don't do anything either. I like, I just, I feel, and I feel like I had a little bit of room, you know, I could, and it only wouldn't, it wouldn't have taken much. It wouldn't, it would have taken like, you know, I've, I've settled down in myself and in my acting a little bit since then, but also like if all it would have taken is to come up with a couple funny lines, you know, and, <laughs> and I, um, because that movie will live on forever. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, that's a disappointing one where I'm proud to be in a movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I did really like it at the time. I assume I still would mostly. And um, that's one where I feel like that was an opportunity kind of wasted. Um, I'm sure there's more, but, but that's one example. That one has to be nerve wracking though, because you're acting alongside like two of the most famous actors of all time. Where like- it, It's true, that, but that's the opportunity, you know? And- it, it's also, it was, but it was such an intimate setting and it was so, the budget was so big that we had so much time to just sit there and talk about it. And so I wasn't, I can't say I was nervous. Like I'm sure I was for a little bit, but the good thing about acting is, or filmmaking, I should say, is, you know, your nerves only last for 30 minutes and, and then your body can't do it. So it's like when you're there for eight hours, you can kind of settle down. And, what? Um, what yeah. project do you think you were like the most nervous for that you've done so far? That's a good question. Um, hmm. Well, again, I guess I would say it's much more, I get nervous for talk shows and things because mm-hmm. it's, you're only there, for, you're going out there for 10 minutes, all this buildup, and then you're going live for 10 minutes. So your body is, you know, tingly or whatever, but are you sweating? But, but, um, and that's where I can't even believe I sort of do this job and it doesn't feel like it's fun, but it doesn't feel like a natural fit or, you know, um, but yeah, most, most other jobs, I can't think of the one that I was so nervous, I guess. 
I think the earlier stuff certainly, and it's always a nerve, you know, guest starring is always pretty nerve wracking actually, because you don't know everyone, everyone knows each other and you don't know them. And it's, they're always like, come guest star, it'll be fun. Come play for a couple of days. And it's like, it's not fun. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun at all. It's like, I don't know you, 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 I can't push back on things like ridiculously early call times or, you know what I mean? They want you, they want you to like, you know, if you're not kind of top of the call sheet, they'll stick you in makeup and wardrobe way early just to, you know, have you um, ready to go and things like that, you know, and, and, and also even just pushing back creatively or stuff, you're kind of, um, and so popping in for something quick is, is um, not as fun as it sounds to me, unless you really, you know, unless it's a real friendly, you know, you know, everyone. Um, so that, and then, and then always to, it's not the project as a whole, but when you show up on set and the most nerve wracking thing sometimes, especially if it's a big crew and especially if you got offered it in a way too, which is most of my work in the last decade or more has been, I, you know, I do audition, but I would say most of the stuff I end up doing and I get offered and some, but my point being, I haven't performed it for anyone. So they hired me, but they don't know how I'm going to do it. And I show up and we're going to block the scene in front of the whole crew. And I have my sides in my hand and coffee. And I just met the actors and like, okay, let's do this for the first time. You've never heard me say it. Hope you like what you got. <laughs> and that's a little, you know, that's, that's a little nerve wracking, but mostly by the time you're filming, it's been a couple hours of lighting and stuff. And then you settle in. And, and that's one of the most fun things actually is, is being, um, being call, being, uh, getting to be calm and intimate with other actors and especially to, to go back to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like of any caliber of any stature and it's such acting so intimate and you're making it a crazy amount of eye contact that you just would never make in real life. <laughs> and, you know, and it, depending on the part, you know, even if they're, you know, a list stars that are authority figures in real life, they might be not be authority figures in the scene and you can kind of have a little power play with them. And so I remember thinking, in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like, yeah, they're, they're interviewing me and they're both here, but the attention's on me and I, I'm controlling. <laughs> I can take as long as I want <laughs> and you just have to look at me, you know, and it, like, it's a little, it's, it feels a little powerful. That's super cool. Uh, I was wondering, how did you get your start in acting? Like, was there a moment where you realized like, oh, this is what I I want to do. Did you start in high school? Like, is there an Adam Brody production of Guys and Dolls out there that I could track down? Or? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I was very, very early on, meaning like elementary school. I think I flirted with it. Um, I'm from San Diego, and both my parents worked full time. And and but but I, I think I got the idea from equal parts. Like I think I think Macaulay Culkin seeing him in Home Alone. I'm like his exact age, so. Seeing that, I think, gave me an idea of, of um, oh, that's, you know, that could be, that, that's gonna be really fun. <laughs> I guess you can do that. Um, here's somebody my age doing it. And um, I, I asked my parents about it, and, um, you know, they were like, well, do a local play, I guess. I mean, we can't take you to L.A. for, like, commercial auditions or whatever. And so I did this play, Inherit the Wind, which is about teaching Darwinism in, in, in school, and um, in like the twenties, maybe. And um, 
I was a newspaper boy. It was the local theater production, but it was mostly, you know, it was all adults and I was the newspaper boy and I think I had three lines, but I, <laughs> I went to a lot of rehearsals and, you know, it wasn't very satisfying. So I, I didn't, I didn't think twice about it after I said, okay, never mind. And I didn't think twice about it. And then I got so, so deeply into surfing for my whole, my, my high school. That was my identity. That was my passion. That was, I didn't even pay attention to school. And <laughs> I, I had realistic expectations about what a future life would look like in that industry. You know, I wasn't going to be a professional surfer. And um, it's not that I had a lot of high hopes for, you know, but, you know, I had a very simple goal of like living by the beach. It was before you like really factor in like family and things like that. It's more like my <laughs> early twenties. I'd like to live by the beach and whatever. Um, but, and so I purposely didn't go to, um, not that I could have got into a great school because my grades weren't good, but I got into an okay college and I was like, no, I don't even know what I want to do. And let me just go to community college and take like two classes and go real slow. And I was working at Blockbuster Video at the time and only for about a year, but the same time. And I was like, uh, you know, move out, have my roommates, an older surfer I'm friends with, and we'll uh, take it slow and I'll just surf all the time and figure out. And, and finally, the weekdays, like I've always wanted to, you know, instead of being in school, I can, you know, have it uncrowded. And, um, and so quickly it became so anticlimactic for me, you know, the, the <laughs> beach was empty, which was cool, but, um, you know, it was, it was empty in another way. It was empty of people. It, I just had no free, you know, I had my roommate, I had a blockbuster, I had a boring kind of community college, couple classes. And, um, and so he had a friend who is also a few years older than me who had moved to LA with his mom a few years earlier, became an actor. And, um, we kind of went up to LA for like 48 hours to sort of apprentice him. And we're like, what if we just became actors? What if we just like, I don't know. And, uh, we kind of, we kind of shadowed him and, um, and he was, you know, working at a bar and was an actor and it was very glamorous to my, you know, 18 year old self. It was like a leather jacket and a cell phone and a car payment and you're a bar back and you go on auditions and he showed us his like real or his like t VHS tapes at the time of like, <laughs> these, are the, these are the student films I did. And like. The big one was he was a guest star on like one episode of the Power Rangers. It was like a bad kid. And that was, you know, coming not from it at all. That was, it was amazing. It um, exceeded my wildest expectations of what mm -hmm. was, you know, possible. And, but I hadn't done it and I had no idea, truly no idea if I would be good or at it or not. But since I wasn't doing anything and I was already bored, we decided to move up. And I just said, I'll move up for a year. I'll throw myself into it. I don't know where or how that's going to work, but, and I will be very realistic about my skill and, you know, any success. And, and I'm not going to sit around forever if I'm not, you know, making some inroads, but let's just, what do we have to lose? And so I did that. I, you know, rel it felt like a long time, but relatively very quickly became a working actor. And, um, and the irony, I guess, or I don't know if it's irony actually, but like I, even, even though I like did it kind of on a whim and I can see the interest I had when I was young, but I never talked about it again. And it was like a, it seemed like a left turn, just random turn, fork in the road. Or none of those, never forget those road analogies. But like, <laughs> it, it seemed like a, a um, just a chance kind of thing for the life of me. I couldn't even imagine, I'm sure I would do something, but like what it is, what I would do, what I would be doing is so beyond me. Uh, my, um, 
you know, I've gone down this road so far and I just can't even imagine what, what else I would have done. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it seemed like it worked, worked, worked out pretty, pretty well. nicely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had two kind of questions. You've been on a lot of, a lot of podcasts. I did my research and you do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Only recently. I hadn't um, really been on any until about till promoting Kid Detective, and then during quarantine, it's like I got that's nothing like to do. That's like the way to go, yeah. It's like what a what a fun and easy way to promote something, and I'm not doing anything anyway. So, so I, I have I have kind of a two part question. One mm-hmm. is one is uh, what are there podcasts that you really like to listen to? Yeah, um, mostly political, and I kind of burn out on certain ones, and then I'll rotate, you know, kind of rotate through them, but um. It's not cliche, but it's like, I think everyone kind of does it. First of all, my favorite thing is really just turning on NPR and having that going. Because what I like about that too is with a podcast, I want to listen to every word. My wife is different. She'll listen to them all the time, but like doesn't care if there's some noise or whatever. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I I need to hear, if I'm listening to it, I need to hear every word or I can't. And with NPR, I don't feel that way. So it's like I can cook breakfast or, you know, multitask. But anyways, um, most days I'll do the daily, the New York times, like 30 minute, um, kind of recap or in depth of like one of the bigger stories of the moment. Um, I do, although I can go through cycles and get burnt out because they put out a lot of them, but I like it. Pod save America, which is, um, mm. um, I really like, but mostly just the first 10 minutes, the, um, the business it's also on NPR, but it's Kim masters is the uh, editor of the Hollywood reporter. And so it's a 30 minute, uh, uh, entertainment news kind of thing. But the first 10 minutes are, they'll go in depth of like her and and another guy, um, will go in depth, um, about whatever's going on, but but like normally like behind the scene, you know, not so creative, but you know, the streaming wars or whatever, Mm -hmm. we'll go in depth in that or like what executive got fired for misconduct or, you know, (laughs) and they'll go in depth in that for like 10 minutes and then 20 minutes will be a long, you know, deeper interview with a filmmaker of some movie. And if I'm interested, I'll listen sometimes not, but the first 10 minutes I always find captivating. Um, been liking the Ezra Klein show lately. He's a New York times. He's now it's like through the New York times, but he's a political guy. Um, but it's pretty wide ranging. I like Dax Shepard for that too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's, it's mostly not the entertainment people I listen to. It's like, you know, if he has an interesting scientist on or something, mm-hmm. I like yeah. the kind of wide range of stuff. And then I find it hard because I'm so kind of not OCD, but like trying to keep up with so much coming at you. I find <laughs> it harder to sit down for the long form ones or the eight, you know, 10 episode ones. But, um, I do like, this guy, Dan Carlin is Dan Carlin's hardcore history. And he'll do like, he'll come out with like, I'm in one right now that he's, you know, they're like four hour episodes and I'll do yeah. like five, four hour episodes about world war two, just the war in the Pacific against the Japanese. Um, I listened to like 20 hours of world war one. It like <laughs> stayed with me, stayed with me for years. You know, it was a very, yeah. um, yeah, like definitely left an impression. That's by far been my, my favorite one of that. And then um, lastly, uh, I, I haven't listened to that much of it, but you must remember this. It's like an old Hollywood one that's pretty cool. That um, goes into like old Hollywood scandals and stuff, but it's also long form. So it'll be like a season, 10 episode season and stuff. Mm. And um, 
yeah, those are some I like. All right, so a much sillier part to that question. Please. If you had to pick an actor or a person to make a podcast about, who would you pick? An actor or a person? Oh, I don't think that's a silly question. I like it. Um, hmm, that is, that is a good question. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a silly answer. You know the famous, you probably don't because you're too young, but <laughs> Richard Gere, there's a famous urban legend about him getting a gerbil stuck in his butt <laughs> and, and um, needing to go to the hospital in the 80s to get it removed. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how everyone knows about it. And I'm sure that's not true, although maybe it is, but I, I would suspect it's not, but it is so pervasive. <laughs> I mean, it is, it, everyone at least my age and older has heard this story. And so I just want to know like, how, why? You'd why start is that? An, an investigative podcast. Yes. Yeah. It'd yes. be serial for hamsters <laughs> in Richard Gere's try butt. To, try to find the people who worked at the hospital <laughs> that day, interview them. Did it happen or, or more to the point, like it probably didn't, but how did it start? How did this thing pre-internet spread? <laughs> who decided so, to say that? <laughs> And how did it catch? It yeah. caught so hard. It is legend. It is like scripture. It's written. Um, <laughs> and I just, anyways, I mean, that's an off the cuff uh, silly answer, but um, I'd love to listen to that podcast. You know, <laughs> but uh, 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 you know, actor. I don't. I don't know. Is there an actor that like I deem? Who would I want to go that in depth with? Yeah, is there an, an actor, actor you want to watch every single thing they've been in? <laughs> I mean, funny enough, I don't know. I mean, my wife and I are randomly like doing a Harrison Ford on a Harrison Ford kick right now. Yeah. Not that I necessarily want to like, I don't, it, it's not worth <laughs> podcasting about, but it's, it's, but maybe actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, some of my favorite act, like Jack Nicholson is one of my favorite actors, but I don't think. You know, I think his stuff is well-worn. It's like um, well-worn territory. Mm-hmm. So, uh, geez, I don't know. It beats me. <laughs> That's a fair answer. Sometimes we, it's weird that we even do it. <laughs> um, a complete non sequitur. But there's a famous sort of, um, I don't know if it's a legend, a famous fact about the O.C., that a lot of Seth's music taste, which kind of became like an intrinsic part of the identity of the show, was based off of your own music taste at the time. It first of it, all, is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it is, but it was also I would say it was equal parts at least Josh Schwartz. Uh, um, and we had a lot of overlap. Yeah, and so. You know. Follow up question to that: What music are you into right now? Like, what's like number one favorite song or band at the moment? Um, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, all over, a little all over the place in a way I love, you know, I go, I'm trying to like getting into jazz actually. And, and some like psychedelic jazz actually, like, um, there's this Alice Coltrane record. Uh, Mm -hmm. I forget what it's called. It's from 1971 and it's, uh, that's amazing. And this guy, Sun Ra. Yeah, Sunra um, rules. Oh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, they're they're of the same like ilk. Um, yeah, so like that stuff. Um, current, some of my favorite favorites. Uh, Kate LeBon is. Uh, um, I, I I love her. 
Um, Angel Olsen, love her. Oh my God, yes. Uh, <laughs> love, them, love them so much. And then uh, Cass McCombs, love, yeah. have loved him for a long time. And um, Ty Siegel, uh, he's got like 70 albums and side projects. And, you know, yeah. it's a lot to go through, but like, you know, I don't know. There's 40 songs in there that are perfect. And it's kind of a guitar god. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and then, um, and then I, I've been into really lately, um, this band Galaxy 500 from like the late eighties, early nineties, they made like three albums and mm-hmm. maybe four. And, um, I got into them really, I've had a few songs for like a decade, but I didn't really get into them until like six months ago. And I've been, I've been really liking it. It's all very, their stuff sounds very similar, yeah. but, um, but it's a sound I, I luxuriate in. So that's super cool. Those are all really good picks. Oh, nice. I'm glad you know. Yeah. Um, what, what do we want to do next? We have a really eclectic mix of questions that we've prepared. <laughs> do you want to ask just right one on. of your ridiculous ones? Yeah. I'd love to watch. I, I'd love to, um, do one of the kind of goofier ones. Okay. I saw this, this was posted online cause it was on someone's job application they had to fill out and it just enthralled me. Uh, so you're given an elephant and you can't sell or get rid of the elephant. What do you do with the elephant? Well, I, I guess you got to get some land somewhere. I mean, is that too practical an answer? No, I um, mean, can't you, it's you can't sell or get rid of it, meaning mm-hmm. to the wild. I don't, I, you know, get some land and let it graze, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, easier said than done, go get some land. But I mean... <laughs> Somewhere cheap. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that counts as selling or getting rid of it, but you, you go to Montana and yeah, well, you buy have to re- some acreage. Yeah, you have to retain ownership and the responsibility of the elephant. Meaning sure. you got to live there. Maybe maybe not. Maybe you just fly out every weekend, just check in on it. Right, I don't but know. It's still yours. I mean, I guess... I don't know. I guess you got to live... It's going to need some space, so you're going to have to get some yeah. lands, and you're going to have to live there. And so I guess... You got to look for the acreage that's necessary and affordable and close as close as possible to where you want to live. Yeah. And, um, geez, I just, I just don't know. Uh, that's like coolest birthday party for your kids though. You just got an elephant there. Coolest and most dangerous. Yeah. But after a f- after, after a few birthday parties, we're not going to be so, <laughs> you know, it's going to be cool for one. And then, yeah. And then uh, your life's revolving around. What elephant, would you name but, your elephant? Um, you know, I'd probably let my daughter name name him or her. But uh, uh, if I did uh, Art, I don't know. <laughs> That's a cute name. It was Art the Elephant. I like that. Uh, do you want to take one? Um, yeah, I'm actually. I'm. I'm gonna go off script. Oh I was wow. Wondering. Um, I, we haven't gotten there in our viewing yet, but I just wanted to ask, uh, you guest starred on Single Parents, um, and I just wanted to guess, like, was that fun working with Layton, doing that? Was that a, a, a good time? Was it stressful to work together, or was it fun? It was, it was awesome. It was really, really fun, and, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it goes without saying, and yet, <clears throat> still she really rolls out the red carpet for you. Um, um, you know, I mean, obviously it's my wife and yet still I was, um, I was surprised by just how, you know, 
inviting. She made it. Um, and then, and Taryn's a Taryn, Taryn Killam's a really good friend too. And, um, and, and especially him and my wife got very close. And, um, and so he's a blast and, uh, I love the tone of it. Like I love being goofy and honestly seeing her grow so much during the course of that show. Um, she got, you know, and it's a blend, you know, she gets funnier. She leans into what she's doing. The writers feed off of that and write more. And it's, it's interesting to see, you know, series over time and how the writing and the acting kind of, um, inform each other. Yeah. And I maintain like by the second season she is doing, she is, she is so good on that show. It's like kind of, it's not criminal that it's not seen more or whatever, but like she's doing Tina Fey, 30 rock level comedy. She's Lucille ball. She's so funny. And I always kind of felt like, Oh, I'm, I've done more comedy. I'm the more like come, this is kind of more my wheelhouse. And you know, when I was doing that show, especially mostly the second season is all, all what I mostly did. And, especially during the second half of the second season where she's like very pregnant, by the way. Um, <laughs> like I'm, I just can't keep up. Honestly, like I can't keep up. Wow. She's so funny. And I, in some ways I'm like, that's the best. She's got a big range and she can do drama. Great. And tap into stuff. She's got, you know, you know, she can tap into her emotions easy, but still maybe some of my favorite stuff I've seen of hers and just, I, I kept getting more impressed. So it was just really nice to see her like just killing it. Yeah. Um, I, that kind of leads me in a question that I had, which is you said that you've done a lot of comedic roles, which is true. We've seen them. Um, do you, but you've also, especially recently been stepping into some kind of heavier dramatic roles. Is there one that you prefer doing that you find a little bit more like fun or challenging that you like look for when you're, picking your next project or do you like them both equally? You know, it's hard enough to be in something that is good regardless of the genre or that'll help propel your career in a positive direction regardless of the genre. Mm -hmm. But um, I never have as much fun as when I'm doing comedy. I mean, it's just yeah. more fun, even shitty comedy, you know, even <laughs> the worst um, in some ways, kind of the most, cause that's where you can just like script schmip, you know, like say whatever. And, <laughs> And, you know, the bar is so low and it's just, uh, it's fun. So, no, I mean, not that I necessarily think I'm better at one or the other. And in truth, I think I'm probably, you know, if I had a, a, a niche, it's like kind of in the middle. It's like using a yeah. little of both, you know. Um, I wouldn't say I'm overly dramatic, but I'm also not like Saturday, Saturday Night Live material either. <laughs> um, but I never have as much fun when I'm, as when I'm doing comedy and so, I mean, and also, you know, I'm sure I could get burnt out on it, but it's also <laughs> thrilling. It's so fun. It's such a game to make your co-star or the people at Video Village laugh, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and you're, it's like improv's a big part of it. So you're coming up with, you get a little nervous because you're like, I came up with this line. I'm going to say it, but I don't want to tell anyone because it'll be funnier if I just spring it on everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, if I pitch it, it doesn't sound good. And everyone's like, okay, sure, do it. But, you know, so you always, almost always just like spring it on. But um, 
to do that, you've got to find a hole in the dialogue where you don't ruin everyone's thing, but you're going to spring this joke on like a hundred people and you hope <laughs> it, you know? Um, and so that gets a little nerve wracking, but it's so fun. Um, it's so fun. So yeah, I don't know. It, nothing, nothing, nothing beats that to me. And you, you seem particularly good at that too. We saw some behind the scenes clips of you and Ben McKenzie on Mad TV from back in the day where you were continuously making Ben break character because he's supposed to be Ryan. He's supposed to be all moody and deadpan. And you on, were doing, Ma- on Mad TV? Mad TV. Was it a skit? Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a skit. Um, in an episode of Mad TV, it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Where it it's was a generous way of describing it. I think <laughs> it was, yeah, it was rough. But the best parts were at the end, where there are just bloopers, where you were just continuously making Ben break, and it was fantastic. Yeah, mm, that's nice. Ben's actually pretty funny too. He, um, you know, uh, I think he got funnier as that show went on, and they gave him more comedy. But also, in general, <laughs> I've seen him in other things. Um, um, He's actually really funny. Uh, um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are people that I, I trust my taste a lot more than my talent, you know, like, (laughs) like I, there are people that I find so funny off the cuff and brilliant and, and true improv. You know, I, I, so much of what I do is like, it's not really improv, even if I, you know, maybe I thought of it two minutes before, but I still thought of it two minutes before. Most of it is not just like, and then let's just keep talking and see where it goes. Like, I just kind of have an idea in my head already of maybe what I want to add. But I do know that like, if I've come up with it and I like it, it's probably funny. You know, like I can't say everything (laughs) plays at every level, but you know, like I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna like something that's, that's, really not fun, you know, really yeah. unfunny. Um, if it makes you laugh to yourself, it's probably going to make at least. Yeah. One yeah. I trust laugh. my, yeah. I trust my, yeah, I trust my internal metrics, but, but, um, but, you know, left, you know, to sit there and just, and I've done like even interviews with like I did for, uh, burning love. Uh, I did like a whole day of press with uh, Michael Ian black and Rob Hubel and I together. And like, there's no comparison. I mean, those, the, you know, they're, they're, um, and in fact, back to podcasts, I almost want to, re- I kind of want to re-listen to it. It's not worth doing like all of it. And I've only listened to like two and it's like 12 years old now. And when podcasts first started, mm-hmm. but Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter um, did a podcast called Topics and all they're doing for an hour or like 45 minutes is like picking a topic and then just make like pretend riffing for an hour about like, like a thoughtful, (laughs) you know, of like, you know, very deep thoughts about, you know, um, incandescence or (laughs) whatever. And it's just, you know, it's amazing. It was like a really amazing talent um, um, on display. And I, 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 I love it more as a novelty than, you know, something you're going to really binge, but like, Mm -hmm. uh, um, very impressive. Anyways, all to say that, like, you know, I've never considered myself, I had a bit of a reputation for like improv on the OC, but that's only because like, it's a soap opera. So like, (laughs) you know, okay. (laughs) I guess it's, you know, I'm wildly improvisational if that's, you know, but in, in, in this sort of comedy space, no, 
Do you have like a dream actor or director or something that you haven't gone to work with that you would love to? Yeah, of course. Um, with actors, it's tough to say because everyone I really like, I don't think of myself as a great addition to, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I almost feel like it's like, all right, Jack Nicholson, what am I going to do with him? <laughs> um, why does he need me? You know, there yeah. are some people, you know, um, I don't even like Jim Carrey as much as, as I, I like, like some of his iconic performances, but I don't find his whole um, filmography, you know, as much as some others. But weirdly, I could see that being actually like beneficial yeah. um, or like, um, but you know, Nick Cage is one of my favorites, but like, I don't really, I don't think I belong in the scene with him. You know, I just think like he's doing it. What am I going to bring to it? Yeah. People I, have done whole movies of just him talking for like an hour and a half. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just, I don't know that I'm enough of a contrast. And at the same time, I don't know. I'm not, I can't match him either. And it just doesn't, doesn't seem to make sense. Um, to me, um, you know, Bill Murray, again, I don't think this is, I don't think I can, I think like I would not keep up my end of the, I don't know, I'm choosing all, I'm choosing all men. Let me think of some women in a sec, but um, I don't think I could keep up my end of the bargain, but I do think he reminds me physically a bit of my dad. And so I could see like a, a sort of Bill Murray father son thing. Although again, it's, I don't even want to see that movie. It doesn't sound good. It's just, <laughs> I could see that casting being okay. I would see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm trying to think of like someone, I don't know. It's weird. And maybe it's because my friends and I were talking about this the other day randomly, but weirdly Jim Carrey, I can't even totally explain it or I could, but it'd be too boring. But like <laughs> I could see something there and then you know, there's a lot of like love interests that would be, you know, would work, but I don't think I need to name, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, who else? Uh, my friend Yasser Lester, I really want to work with. And I think we'd Wait, be a nice bite buddy comedy. Yasser, he's on, um, he was on this short lived uh, show that Layton did called making history. There's a uh, comedy that's really good. And, um, I think him and I would have nice buddy chemistry and there's a lot of like buddies out there. You know, there's a lot of like friends that I would like to do buddy, you know, yeah. half and half movies with. Um, and then directors. Um, yeah. I think Sodenberg would be a nice fit. I feel like he kind of had a bromance with Channing Tatum. I was pretty jealous of, <laughs> and I felt like, Oh, you might like me too. You know, try me like maybe, <laughs> I bet we could talk film and, and, and uh, it could be interesting. I feel, I genuinely feel like, you know, I don't know. I could, our sensibility, like my sensibility would match up enough and like references and um, whatnot. I sort of, I'm also a big fan of like uh, uh, Seth Rogen and his whole, um, like most of the stuff he produces and directs, yeah. so, you know, I really like, I mean, a lot of people respond to it, but I feel like <laughs> I, I'm kind of like, yeah, invite me to play. I could, you know, I think I could, I think we'd get along, but I don't know. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it's a fun question. So I'm sorry. I'm taking a lot of time. No, go for it. It's it's super fun. I'm trying to think of people. There's like the legends, you know, there's the Coen brothers and Wes Anderson's, but I'm also trying to think of people that are like hitting their like apex right now, you know, or, um, um, not that those, do you want to hear my dream? Cause please, I think please. <laughs> we've talked before that you're, I think you're so good at blending like the comedy with the heartfelt stuff. And that's like a really tough thing to do. And I think you're great at doing that. And I think a uh, director and writer that's great at doing that is Taika Waititi. Oh and yeah. So yeah, like yeah, sure. that, I think, I think that you two could make a masterpiece <laughs> together. Oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be wonderful. Um, I also, you know, tonally, I feel like, although he doesn't really like John Favreau is sort of similar mm-hmm. or Favreau. Um, I would love to do, and it's weird. Cause like, I don't want to like even manifest it for myself or produce <laughs> it or because it's so like romantic, but I do feel like blending those two things. It's like, if I had one movie that a, I could be good at and B, I think an audience would want to see is a romantic comedy. They don't make them anymore. They don't make them very good. But if there was a really good one, you know, before I'm too old and I'm getting there, you know, <laughs> um, truly it's like not too old. You're never too old for it, but you just, you got to factor in then kids and blended families and, you know, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would kill for a good romantic comedy in any, there's like the Nick Hornby sort of space. There's the eternal sunshine space. The about a boy, which doesn't quite hold up. I saw it kind of recently, but I loved it at the time and it's still charming. And in high fidelity era, there's also, and this is kind of maybe my real dream (laughs) is um, a little more like nineties, Fairly brothers. God, like something about Mary dumb and dumber. Those are different, of course, (laughs) but (laughs) two very different movies. Yeah. But I love it. And, you know, I don't even think they do that anymore, but like whoever, nobody is, but Mm -hmm. like if somebody would do vintage fairly, like I would so love to be in that world and maybe more than anything, you know? Um, um, So those are, those are, those are some things. And then it was very nice. I'm a fan very much of um, cinematography and score and like gorgeous, hip stuff and I feel like I'm not often in that you know I'm not like an indie darling for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. word and or phrase and but I do and that's one of the things I loved it was such a dream Kid Detective was such a dream for so many reasons that's what I was gonna say to be like surrounded by a jazz score was just Mm -hmm. you know it, it was it was heaven and um so just to be in some stylish shit, you know, uh, uh, is also its own thrill. I mean, if Kid Detective is any indication, it seems like you're you're heading in that direction. I think we talked for like 15 minutes in our episode about Kid Detective, about how good the score was alone. Yeah. Because, mm. I mean, yeah, that, that I I think that that movie is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Thanks. Thank you. I'm really glad you guys like it. I, I, I do too. I, I do too. And it, it's one of those that, wears even better over time you know i had that script for six five six years before we shot it and i'd sort of revisit it every year and a half or two i hadn't read it and you know let's see and got better got better with time and even since it's come out 
become deeper to me, you know, and some of that, most of that's on purpose. Some of it's just accidental, but like metaphors lined up, you know, and Mm -hmm. meaning lined up. And it just like, in a way, because it's so simple, a lot of it, it, it can be real. The metaphors can be really writ or really um, deep or broadly, wildly symbolic, you know, because it's almost equal parts fable or myth as it is, you know, yeah. um, um, a layered character study or whatever. So, so um, yeah, I just love it. And I just find it so, so, um, so rich. Yeah, everyone should watch that movie. I've been telling everyone I know to go watch Kid Detective. Thanks. It's so good. It, it, well, and I also like that it's not for everyone, even though like it has a lot of Hollywoods, it has a lot of classic Hollywood stuff I love. You know, it's, it's a throwback to a lot of classic Hollywood tropes, but it's also its own thing that, you know, people really respond to and some are really turned off by and, yeah. and, and you kind of need that, you know, for it to, for something to be, you don't, you don't need that, but I, I like that. Yeah. It has that great, like dark sense of humor too, which I think is. Uh, yeah. I was not expecting it to be as funny as it was, but then there are certain like deadpan lines that just got yeah. destroyed it's such me. A funny it's movie. so, and it's not, in your face about how funny it is. We could sit here and gush for, forever <laughs> yeah. about how good that would be. Let's, I think maybe we should All move right. on. I want to ask just, a, yeah, a lighter question. You mentioned Please. John Favreau earlier. Yeah. If you were, you're in Shazam and you do great in it. If you were going to be, jump over to the other side, be in the mm-hmm. MCU, is there a mm-hmm. superhero that you can imagine yourself playing and you feel like that'd be so fun to be this Marvel super? It can be DC superhero too, but I was thinking. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, you know, they're kind of running out of they're now they're going to the like, and I like it, but they're going to the second and third tier and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I like it. And most of them, I know, not all of them. The only one I felt, I mean, I did feel like for a long, I wasn't vying to play it. And um, it's a little sacrilegious, but I never totally cared for the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. A little too melodramatic for my taste. Yeah, you gotta be I, I careful like, saying that on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I prefer the Tom Holland ones. I said it. I'm with ya. <laughs> I'm with ya. But I, um, I liked, I felt like that seems like a good, I love, everyone loves Spider-Man, but you know, I felt like, oh, I could see myself, you know, doing that. Although again, not in the Sam Raimi ones, which were more melodramatic than mm-hmm. I would sort of want. I want to do the drama, but I still felt like- Tone it down a little bit. The Tom Holland, the Tom Holland tone is is more um, the John Watts, I guess the director, I think is his name, um, is is more the uh, space that I would have wanted to play in. It wasn't that I had a kinship necessarily with the character of the Flash, but I was cast the the Flash, and in that script, it was a perfect fit. You know, it was yeah. um, it was like a perfect fit of. It was just perfect of what I could do and what I hadn't exactly done before, but, but adding on to it. And, but yeah, dream, dream heroes at this point, I don't even know what's left. Um, you know, too old for Spider-Man. Um, well, did you see into the Spider-Verse, the animated one that came out? Yeah, that was so good. There's the, that, that's the best spider I mean, I've sure. seen it a lot because so my, my kid. And, uh, well, there's maybe. the older Spider-Man who's like more experienced. So you could come in from another dimension and sort of mentor Tom Holland. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, that movie is incredible. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just so wonderful. I don't know. What else? What other gosh darn heroes are there? <laughs> um, you know, never be a good Batman, but like, like everyone like wanted to be Batman forever, you know? <laughs> Also, the Joker. Everyone wants to do the Joker. <laughs> it's like you, you want to Jack Nicholson again. Yeah, yeah. You want to try your hand at the Joker. All the Batman bad guys are pretty great. So yeah. you know, that's the best part. That's why you watch Batman. Yeah, yeah. So the whole host of that because they're, they're all a little scary. Mm-hmm. They're going to do the Silver Surfer at some point. That doesn't seem like the best role, though. Although I'm sure they'll make it great. Not that it'll be. It's more of a stoic, I think, kind of character. Although Fantastic Four, you'd make a great Mr. Fantastic, stretchy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Um, that'd be cool. Uh, uh, I feel like that ship has taken off without me right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that, that would be, that feels like a nice fit, especially as I get older. You know? um, <laughs> it feels like a good fit. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Have to say. I think I'd rather, at this point, it'd be really cool. And yet I'd just as much, if not more, like to... Uh, fall down a flight of stairs in the in a Fairly Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, well, I had one more, but then do you want to play a little game? Yeah, let's play I, our, our game. Well, 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 I, I had one more quick question. Um, Carrie Mulligan just hosted SNL recently, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering if you ever got the opportunity, would you be interested in hosting SNL? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, um, I would very much. Who, who wouldn't, I guess. And I I feel kind of like, do I have a little bit of a, I'm, I'm both intimidated by it and would very much want to do it, have a lot of reverence for it. Also have a a little defensive of like, fucking everyone's done it. And I, you know, I could have done it, you know, along, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I don't want to be part of a club that didn't want, you know, have me, I guess, and, uh, um, you know, and whatever. And I just, it's, it's not high on my list anymore. Like I would, I would for sure do it. I bet I'd have a blast. Mm-hmm. I'd be super intimidated and then probably have the time of my life. And, and, and I like to think probably do fairly well. I mean, obviously a lot of that's the writing of the week, but still, I think I would ultimately get pretty comfortable and enjoy myself. But um, it's not at the same time, it never was for me. I never was. I was always intimidated by it. It seemed cool, but I never, I didn't grow up. Some people grow up loving like Letterman or SNL. Um, and I didn't grow up, you know, having that kind of worship for that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so it, it, it doesn't hold that like status for me necessarily. And as I get older, less so, you know, same with any sort of award for that matter. Um, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, I for sure want to do it. <laughs> I remember, I remember I had a meeting with Lauren Michaels, like when I was too young, I got a lot of like opportunities when I was like 24 and, and I just wasn't, yeah. I did just become an actor more or less, you know, <laughs> I, like, I was like, I was a surfer who didn't read like four years prior. So I'm like, <laughs> all right. And I remember like, it was like the Olsen twins were hosting and Snoop Dogg was a, guest, was a musical guest, I believe. And he's like, Whoa. you know, it's really tough. It's really taxing. You know, you're going to, if you, and more like he was probably just not impressed with me as I'm talking to him. It's like, I don't think this kid's got it maybe, but it's like, it's really tough. And, you know, you should go check it out and see just cause you know, see it. And I just remember being a little cocky and thinking, and this is, you know, maybe it's elitist sexist. I mean, I don't know, but I remember a thing like Gilson twins are hosting right now. I'm like, I think I could probably handle it, but okay. <laughs> and, um, and you know, I don't know. That's not fair. There's also two of them, so so they <laughs> <laughs> um, can share the load. Yeah, 
That's really funny. <laughs> um, um, so if you don't mind, I want to end with a kind of ridiculous game. We've played it once before, the two of us, but we thought it'd be fun to show it to you, too. Yes. Okay. So, uh, obviously, you're a big fan of your wife. Have you ever actually seen Gossip Girl? Yes, I've seen the pilot, and then I've seen, like, that's the only whole episode I've seen, but I've seen, you know, scenes here and there. Okay, well, this is going to be wonderful. Great. Okay, I, I'm going to give you... <laughs> Oh great! Three. I'm gonna give three plot lines. Okay. And I want you to guess which one of them is fake. Which one of them we made okay, up? Okay. Okay. Great. Great. So, um, wait. Let me let me make sure I got them all in my mind. You just have them memorized. You don't have them written down. <laughs> no, I got it in my noggin. Wow. Um. Okay. So number one, Chuck in an attempt to buy a new hotel. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> offers to his uncle. I feel like this somehow I know. I, I want to hear, but I feel like this is real already because <laughs> I, I, the hotel thing rings a bell. But go ahead. He offers to his uncle that he can that his uncle can have sex with Blair in order to get this hotel. She's, number she, yeah. Number two. <laughs> number two. Um, desperate to win a pageant, Blair poisons one of the other girls and sends her to the hospital. Number three, Blair has a miscarriage and literally nobody cares or ever talks about it. <laughs> the, f- the first and last one are real because Layton has expressed her uh, lack of pleasure with both of those things. Yeah. And I don't think she, I don't think she would have, um, I mean, ultimately she didn't have all the say, but I think she would have protested pretty hard at, at doing the second one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that show was... Um, Entertaining, so but wild. buck wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm sure it was entertaining. <laughs> um, um, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, good for you mm-hmm. is another question. Well, whether it's good for teenagers that are watching that's, that's it what and I mean. learning. And whether the older version of that is good for adults, you know, I mean, I could, I could draw a line. We have a lot of ills in our society and I've had them for a long time and, and, and sure, slowly, but surely we're getting better. But to me, there is a line from like television and reality television's glorification of like obscene wealth coupled with pure ignorance and greed Mm -hmm. and like Donald Trump. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, and he started I, as a reality show star. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I mean, yeah. and even before that, he was, you know, I mean, he 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 did. But even before that, he, he was writing his name in gold on buildings and, you know, <laughs> like in tabloids and, you know, uh, yeah. and Home Alone, too. <laughs> but I do think there's escapism. And then I don't know. It's just it's just something to be thought about. I don't you know, I'm not a I'm not a Puritan and I don't think that. You know, I think there is a, a place for escapism, and I think that. But at the same time, it's just really got to be thought about, <laughs> yeah. Because um, yeah. it's it's it, it it really imprints on so many people. And another example, and this is my you know, but but like guns. I mean, you know, I feel like Hollywood has such a part to play in that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's such an epidemic in this country, and it's one of the like to me simplest of all the like complex political issues or problems, it's like, this is the easiest no brainer to me. Just caveman (laughs) shit. Like (laughs) what world, you know what I mean? Like, and also like, 
I don't believe, sorry, I've just veered this in a full. No, it's good. good. I I don't believe, like, I don't even believe I I could be very wrong, but in, I truly am like, there's no way AR-15s are legal in 10 years or 15 years. Like, get Mm -hmm. the fuck out of here. And, and even guns in general, I feel like that's not going to be a winning issue for half the country or half, not half the country at all. Just like Republicans in, in 10, 15, 20 years. It'll be like cigarettes. They don't talk about cigarettes anymore. They don't talk, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, let's not talk about that. Yeah. There'll be new battle lines over the internet and that kind of thing. But but I just feel like what a shame that so many people are going to have to be slaughtered still yet to come before we can do the obvious thing. The so you know, the easiest, most obvious thing. And Hollywood and and part of it, a big part of it is like the gun culture, the allure of the, and I, I know it, I feel it. I love them. Like gun, like I holding a gun, whether it's pretend or it's real. I mean, it's a little scary if it's real, but like <laughs> specifically when it's pretend or you're in a movie, like it's, it's a feeling that's uh it's a cool feeling. It's a good, it's like wearing, it's like being on a motorcycle or a fighter jet, or I don't know. It's, it's, or holding a lightsaber, you know, and, and I just think, I think um, we've got to like disassociate ourselves from that. And I feel like I don't think they should be allowed in the same way that like you can't smoke on a billboard anymore. I don't think guns should, I don't think a character should be holding a gun in any public, you know what I mean? It should be for 18 and up to see that. I don't think it should be out on outdoor advertising. Someone's pointing a, like a Glock at your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that does terrible damage to, to, to kids and, and um, just imprinting that that's really cool. And it does, and it works cause I feel it and I'm hypocritical cause like in, you know, ready or not, um, I got to hold a gun and it felt great. You know, it's like the coolest poster I've been on, you know, and I'm holding a rifle in it and it's kind of maybe not a coincidence. And, you know, I also have it from the vantage point of being not that action heavy an actor. So it's like easier for me to say than Chris Hemsworth or something. But that said, I am so fucking sick of everyone raiding buildings with their fucking machine guns and trailers and movies and it's just like i just think i'm not saying like a total but i'm just saying let's start thinking about it let's start dialing it down do it let's i'm not saying a total ban but like let's just start being a little more conscious and dialing it back a little because this is stupid and it's barbaric and like we can help lead that change as well for the battle of the hearts and minds and like lives will be you know anyways i digress but it's it's a it's a you know i think it's cool that you have the perspective on like your own maybe not your own work in but like the business that you're a part of in general that you have that sort of self-awareness about how it impacts the rest of the world because i feel like that is a um unfortunately kind of rare quality to have it's just cool to hear you say that out loud (laughs) I feel like it's not talked about a lot, especially by people who are, uh, at least I don't hear it talked about a lot by actors yeah. who are actually in the business. Oh, thanks. Uh, you know, it. there's a school of thought of like, it's just movies. Movies are just movies. And no, they're not. You know, they're like mm-hmm. our collective myths that we're teaching all, you know, that we're reteaching generations all the time. And um, they're so powerful. And media is so powerful. <laughs> And the stories we tell ourselves and the heroes we celebrate. And obviously we're going, and, and Hollywood's very hypocritical in that, yeah, it's quote unquote liberal, but it like, 
the until like yesterday and even still the percentage of minorities or women in any positions of power were as egregiously misrepresented any industry i'm so excited truly by so excited for myself i'm excited for my wife i'm excited for my daughter that there are now and and it's steamrolling going to be many more women storytellers many more women you know i mean points of view and therefore like it's not just the male the, the male gaze and the white male gaze is the only lens we have like seen stories it through like at least the, the you know 98% the lens we've seen stories through for the entire time of this industry history of this industry and um it's going to be very beneficial and exciting and fresh and entertaining and all the good things, you know, but also just so positive for society to see some different fucking points of view. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled about it. I really am. Um, let, let me ask you guys real fast. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys a couple things. What, what part of the country are you guys in? We're in California. We're in Northern California. Oh, yeah. cool. We're going to be moving to Santa Cruz together. In just a couple months, actually. Yeah. Really? Cool. For are you guys yeah. going to college or what's up? Yeah, he goes to UCSC and I'm going to be going to a JC there. Oh, awesome. Is it? I've never been to Santa Cruz, but I, I, I'm very curious, actually. Oh, it's so nice. Awesome. Yeah, it's a really cool town. Oh, that's exciting. Um, and what, uh, what are you guys studying? I heard, I listened to one, I heard you're studying some, you got some film. Yeah. You're studying some film theory. I was a film major for my first year, and I actually just this year switched to literature because um, I didn't like a lot of the my, a lot of my peers in the the film really the the film program. I think that there's a there's a lot going. I could I don't want to bore you with all the details nah. of how annoying film kids can be. Um, <laughs> but like I'm, I still really love the but movie. more more pretentious than literature. Yeah, more pretentious than literature. Wow. I, yeah. Like it's. Uh, I still take a lot of film classes because I am yeah, still yeah, yeah. passionate about it. But yeah. like I've uh, I've switched to literature because I realized that the the writing portion of film is what I love the most anyway. So I I also I mean I've done none of it really, but like <laughs> I I I love and worship the writing portion. That's that's maybe yeah. it's a super interesting process. It's very interesting. I love a written. What I love about Kid Detective, and I love a very written script. I like natural stuff too, but like my kind of some of my favorite stuff is when I can see it on the page, even while I'm watching it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm interested about the so film school, like, is it just like toxic geek culture kind of? The If I had a dollar for every time someone tried to explain Pulp Fiction to me, oh I God. would be able to pay for a year of college. Oh <laughs> it's uh, like, and it's, it's kind of the same thing that you were talking about where it's majority uh, white dudes Angry white, angry white dudes. Yeah, angry white dudes who don't actually have anything new to offer. Right. And I, it, it was a moment of realizing, kind of doing this thing where I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. And also, I don't need to, like, no one needs another white dude to go in the film right now. That's not what we need. And I'm more passionate about something else anyway. So I, this can just be a fun interest side here. interest. <clears throat> well, and what's nice too, yeah, as you said, right, like, certainly literature is going to give you a nice foundation should you ever you know, yeah. for, it's pretty yeah. nice, more than Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And I, there's a kind of a broader perspective you get from reading. Yeah. Anyone can write a novel. Like, yeah. 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 And, and anyone in any, in, at any time too. Yeah. Um, it's cool. You know, anytime in history. I mean, um, how about you? Um, I am 
most likely majoring in English, but I'm actually interested in teaching. Um, so that's the goal. Teaching what? Like what? Uh, high school, college, elementary? High school. I um I had a really good high school experience and just a really cool program that was about like not just teaching from textbooks, but like teaching students how to live in the world and be good people. And so my dream is to kind of be able to teach in a program like that because wow. I think that that's really important for kids to have. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's wonderful to have a have an amazing teacher. Uh, we're so lucky right now. My my five year old has a great teacher, and it's uh it's it's everything. Um, <clears throat> um, she's already really good at it too. Like she would teach, she would help out our peers and stuff through high school where they would be struggling with an essay and she'd come in, she'd be like, I can help you. I know exactly how to do this. <laughs> so she's already on her way. I bet. I bet. I know it's early, but you guys want to settle in Santa Cruz or, uh, you, you got dreams of the East coast or what? I don't know yet. Yeah. I don't, I like, um, I, I, I think I'd stay West coast, but I might venture. I, I like Oregon, Washington kind of area. I like, those vibes and that weather. So uh-huh. I think I might vent. I think, yeah. I think my long-term plans is to venture up there, but Santa Cruz for the next few years, we'll see. It's how it funny goes. that you want to go colder and foggier. I, I am. <laughs> I, I like it. I that like, way. yeah, no, I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of, I'm a big fan of at least a, um, what do they call it? The Marine layer. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, like we haven't gotten to, travel at all because like mm-hmm. as soon as we got to an age where it was like okay we're kind of at a point where we can mm-hmm. maybe go out into the world and explore a little bit more everything got shut down like i was in college for like a year and then they sent us all home they're like get out of here you're gonna get sick so it's like i would love mm-hmm. to just see as much of the world as possible before making a decision about like what sure sure of course of course then. i love um, santa cruz though i've fallen in love with that town it's so great I, i'm dying to go there yeah, good surfing. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Cold is the only problem. <laughs> really but cold. uh uh I mean I'm 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 game, but but um, <laughs> I know, I know great surfing. Um I'd love to check it out. I've lived in California my whole life and yet and I'm pretty well traveled from work, but ironically, California, like I've never been to San Francisco really. Um oh, so, wow. it's so it's so dumb. Um so I'll I'll do all that stuff, but well, I'm so excited for you guys. You guys got a big, exciting life ahead of you, and certainly an exciting, <laughs> certainly an exciting. Um, I don't know. The future is so bright. You know. I hope you guys yeah, feel that you. way. Thank you. This is the most nuts thing that is, I think has maybe ever happened <laughs> in my entire yeah. life. If this is any indication of yeah, <laughs> where our life is going, no, it's going to be a blip. You guys are so bright and charming, and you guys are going to oh, be very, very successful. And I've, I've really do have no doubt and you know um um feel like again like genuinely like flattered and not worthy to have you guys <laughs> watch really and even pay close attention to my current stuff let alone you know <laughs> let alone the old stuff and um yeah yeah so I'll, i'm i'm sure i'll see you around on the court someday yeah <laughs> i mean we could say all the same things to you. Like clearly we were paying attention to the things you're doing. And I feel like you're also very charming and are going to do <laughs> super cool stuff in the future. And obviously we're looking forward to it because we have a podcast about it. So. Well, I hope so. But, um, 
I hope so, but God damn, I've been fortunate so far. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, like I said, couldn't, couldn't imagine what else I would have done and feel like I kind of lucked out into this. Not that I didn't work hard, but still so incredibly lucky. And, um, and, and I feel like, um, just to get personal, like I just, you know, I have such a good family. <laughs> so lucky. I have such a good family. It's, it's bananas. I'm so lucky in every way, you know, cause that's kind of everything. So it's, it's a joy. It's a dream. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for doing this. Thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you probably don't know this, but we had a joke pretty early on in a couple of the early episodes that we actually weren't going to have you on the show until we had done more episodes and were better at it. <laughs> um, so the fact that you found out and were also willing to like, come on and chat with us for, I think at this point, like over an hour is it just, very generous. Yeah, very, very generous. generous. We're very thankful. No, there's nothing generous. About, I appreciate it, but it's not. It's not generosity. It's it's, <laughs> it's totally fun. Um, uh, a fun part of my day. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad that it was fun. That's like that was main goal. We don't want to be boring. Um, we have one last favor to ask. Uh, our sort of joke sign off phrase that we do is we do a version of your famous line from the OC, acknowledge me now or lose me forever. Mm -hmm. And so usually Joe will say, acknowledge us now, and I'll say, or lose us forever. But we were wondering if maybe you could reprise just briefly your role of Seth Cohen and do that line for the sign off of this episode, if you're sure. willing. So acknowledge me now or lose me forever? Yeah, yep. that's All the right. one. Boy, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> acknowledge me now. <laughs> Acknowledge me now or lose me forever. Perfect. Oh, that's so good. Thank the you so much. All right, you guys. Well, you uh, we follow each other on Twitter now, so hit me anytime. Oh, All my right. God. Thank you okay, so much. Okay, take care. Yeah.